Hello again, and welcome to the 2024 LBC Bible Reading Plan Podcast. Uh, this is Pastor Jonathan White. We're excited to continue uh, discussing in, in our week two of our time together as we look at some more passages uh, about creation. And we're getting into some of the passages that deal a little bit more more implicitly with creation. You know, we've worked through uh, Genesis and John and, and some of those that speak really explicitly about God's creative work. But now we're getting into some more of the just the theological underpinnings of, of creation, right? We're going to look today uh, at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which on the surface you're wondering maybe what does this have to do with creation? How does this fit into this narrative? But as we consider again how we are building our biblical theology this year, how we're growing in our understanding of the, the full narrative of Scripture, I think as we discuss our way through this passage today, you'll see how it really speaks to uh, the truth of who God is as creator and how he is working uh, not only in creation today, but preparing us for the new creation that is to come uh, in in the the end of time. So we're let's let's jump into the passage today. Paul has really been speaking throughout this letter to the church at Corinth about about his ministry of the gospel. Right, he is uh, a minister of the gospel who is taking the gospel around the world. Right, Paul has gone on these missionary journeys. He's spreading the gospel uh, to all these people, but now he's encouraging in in this letter. Uh, that all the Christians that he's writing to, all the Christians who who call themselves followers of Christ, each are called uh, to be ministers of the gospel in light of Christ's work, right? In verse 1 of chapter 4, he says, therefore, since we have this ministry, right, that pronoun we implies that ministry and sharing the gospel is not just for apostles, it's not just for pastors, it's not just for church leaders, it's for all believers. Each person who calls themselves a follower of Christ uh, is called to be a minister of the gospel. So Paul is writing now to to offer encouragement to them not to give up in the work uh, of sharing the gospel, right? For those of you who have um, endeavored to share the gospel with people before, you know it's a it's a weighty thing. You know it's a um, you know these eternal matters that we're discussing have have weight and, and importance and significance to them, and uh, it can often be discouraging when someone doesn't respond um, as we would like or as we would hope. Um, and the same thing is true for, for the, the church at Corinth now, right, as they were working to spread the gospel. But Paul is offering them this encouragement to not give up the work of sharing the gospel because the truth of the gospel is that it is the light of the world, right? Paul often spoke of the gospel as this mystery. And now he's encouraging the church that as ministers of the gospel, they're tasked with making this mystery of the gospel known. They're tasked with shining the light of the gospel into the dark world uh, that they are in, right? The dark world around them. That's what he deals with in verses uh, three and four, right? He says, but if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, right? Paul is telling them that the enemy, that Satan is at work blinding the eyes of the world, right? Distorting the image of Christ, distorting the truth of the gospel so that people will not experience the goodness of God. They will not experience his mercy and salvation through Jesus Christ. He's at work blinding their eyes while the church is then tasked with making this light of Christ shine so that the world may know and love God, right? That's the task given to them and they are at work and they have an enemy that is working against them and that can give Great discouragement, right? To know that the, the the ruler of this age, right, that Paul describes here, is at work blinding these uh, the eyes of the people. But he, his encouragement here is that the God who spoke light into existence with his words, and that's where we get into creation now, right? God who said, let there be light, and there was light. 
He has also spoken the light of the truth into our hearts, right? We have received the good news of the gospel because God has spoken it into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we live out our life now as followers of Christ, living transformed lives through the power of his gospel message because that light has been spoken into our hearts. But what Paul also is reminding the church here is that as we do so, as we continue on in the ministry of the gospel, as we work to make the gospel known uh, around the world, we're ultimately following in the path of Jesus, right? We're following our master, and we know that path led to suffering, and ultimately it led to his death on the cross, right? His crucifixion. So as we share the gospel, as we are faithful servants of the king, of Jesus, we know that we are going to face opposition in this world, that we are going to face suffering, we are going to face pain, we're going to face hurt. And that's what he says down in verse 7, right? He says, we have this treasure in clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. He's reminding us that the things that we face in this life are temporary, right? And that's what he wants to encourage them to remember as they move forward. In verses 8 through 10, in some of really the most beautiful language I think Paul uses in the letter, he says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body, so the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. When we are united to Christ through his redemption of us, we are then also united in suffering with him. But what Paul is reminding them in the way it connects to creation here, he's showing them that this creation, the life that we are in now, is temporary. But when we, and as we consider how we share the gospel in this life now, we have to realize that our death to ourselves, right, as we die to self, as we take up our cross daily and follow Christ, doing so leads to life for others as we live out the gospel, right? The gospel that is leading us to die to ourselves is doing so so that others may live through the power of the gospel as we share it to them. So we don't give up sharing the gospel. We don't give up uh, ministering to others. We don't give up sharing the good news. Because the hope of the gospel is that it brings renewal, right? It brings about this redemption. It brings about the new life that we also desperately need in Christ. We need the renewal that the gospel offers us, but it also prepares us for eternity, right? And that's what Paul uh, wraps up uh, this section in verse 18. He says, so we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So not only is God the creator of the things we see, the visible, right? We've also seen that God is the creator of the invisible, the spiritual realms, the things that are eternal. So what Paul is encouraging the church here is that Jesus did not only uh, save us for creation now, but he saved us for his eternal creation, right? The new creation that will come on the day when Christ uh, comes again to call his church home to himself and make all things new. So we live out the light of the gospel in our lives now. We shine that light into darkness. We face the suffering that, that was faced by Christ for us. We live in this world now with our eyes focused not on what is seen, but on the unseen. We focus our eyes on the eternal, living our lives today with hope for that new creation that is to come. We live in this life now so that we might be glorified with Christ in the new creation to come. That's how this passage connects us to, to God as creator, right? He created us not just for, for life now, but for eternal life with him in his new creation. What a day that will be when Christ comes and calls us home so that we might live and reign with him eternally. Church, I'm excited for that day. I pray that you are as well. And I pray that our time together has been a blessing to you today. God bless.